You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. This morning we're going to be starting a new series. It's a three-week series called Jonah. So you can turn to the book of Jonah in your Bibles. Um, Jonah is eight books back from the New Testament. So if you want to find Matthew and go back eight books, you'll find the book of Jonah there. Um, And I hope that you guys were able to uh, use your devotional book this week. There's a pre-devotional that we do leading into a Sunday service, as well as a post-devotional as we come out of it. It's something that your kids are learning. It's something that your teenagers are learning. Everybody's going through it all together. So hopefully that just spurs on some great conversation uh, around the table during the week. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm also thankful this morning um, that I got to get my staff back. Uh, they were all gone um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, came home Wednesday night. They went down to Dallas um, to, to go to a conference. Anybody ever heard of Gateway Church? Robert Morris, fantastic pastor, fantastic location. Every year uh, they do a conference and um, I wasn't able to go this year. Um, and so how many of you were like this as parents? Like when you go out of town and you leave your kids behind, you always bring them back like a little something, right? Right? It's a, a, little, a little something. So because I'm like just a big child, I expected my team to bring me something back. When they went to Texas, like I didn't even, I mean, it could have been a belt buckle, right? A big Texas belt buckle would have been fine. Um, it could have been anything like a waffle maker shaped in the state of Texas. It didn't matter. Well, that's not true because when they got back and I'm like, well, so what'd you get me? Lisa reached into her bag and pulled out um, American Airline pretzels. <laughs> this is what we, have you ever received a, a, a gift that you just didn't like? Um, we have all received gifts that we didn't like. You, think about when you were a kid at Christmas time, right? Uh, how many of you were just like overjoyed to get that one package that you knew had socks in it, right? We've all received gifts that we know we just don't like. They're gifts nonetheless, but we just don't like them. Well, this is pretty much going to be the story of Jonah, How many of you would agree with me that when God speaks to us, that when God invites us to do incredible ministry with him, would you not say that's a pretty good gift? That the the king of the universe, the creator of heavens and of earth, the biggest things that you see in the sky and the smallest things that are here on earth, he created them. He formed them. He fashioned them. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He is omniscient. That great God has called you to do something for him. Come on, that's a pretty good gift. The Bible tells us that every gift, every good gift comes from above, right? From the Father of lights in whom there is no shifting or no variation. Every gift we have, every gift we have is from God and it's good. And the one that amazes me is that God has called us to partner with him in ministry. Just take his word and to see his kingdom come. That's good stuff. Jonah was a man who was given a good gift. He was a prophet of Israel. Now, if you look at all the prophets, and there's 16 books in the Old Testament, books of prophets, all of them 
were good gifts. Some of them hard gifts. Some of them difficult gifts. But they were all good. And of those prophets, they were all directed to bring the word of God to the nation of Israel. That God had a specific word that he wanted to do in them. Except for one prophet. And that was Jonah. God gave him a word, not for Israel, but for people who were non-Jewish. Not just non-Jewish, but people that had decimated Israel, the Assyrian nation. And God spoke to Jonah and says, those people that have subjugated you, those people that have killed you, those people who have disgraced you, it's those people I want you to go preach to. It's pretty easy for us to look at Jonah and shake our head and, and, and say, what was he thinking? But let me ask you something. Let's kind of put it in, in, in real terms. Most of you in here probably remember 9-11. And you probably remember the destruction of that day. And if you're honest, and remember, you're at church, so you have to be honest. Um, you know how you felt when you saw those towers come down. So in all honesty and transparency, I remember the feeling that I had. You know what that feeling was? Bomb the heck out of those guys. Wipe them out. Turn the Middle East into a parking lot. Just being honest. That's how I felt. But is anybody else with me? Please tell me I'm not the only sinner here. Okay. So on September 12th, what if God had spoken to you? He said, I've got a word for those terrorists. And I want you to go speak it and preach it so that they might come to know me. That's Jonah. Here is a group of people who had decimated, killed, tortured. They were the terrorists of their day. And God says to Jonah, that's the gift I'm giving you. <laughs> you are to go preach to them on my behalf. That's tough stuff. Look in your notes. It says this, that the book of Jonah is certainly a story about a man who struggled with obedience, but it's also a story of a God who relentlessly pursues us. God was relentlessly pursuing, not just those who were far from him, but relentlessly pursued Jonah to get him to a place of obedience in his life. Let me, let me tell you something. God will relentlessly pursue you to get you to a place of obedience in your life. He's not going to give up on you. He's going to tenaciously trace you. He's going to tenaciously track you. He's going to tenaciously go after you. And you know why? Because your obedience will equal a life that is full and life-giving. When I live a life of obedience to God, I finally get everything that I've been wanting. Even though everything within me may sometimes buck against it, although everything sometimes within me may say no. <laughs> when I get to a point of brokenness and I say yes, I find that I get life. So that's why he will relentlessly pursue you. God is continually inviting us into a deeper relationship with himself and inviting us to partner with him in his work in our world. And our response determines the outcome. Our response determines 
the outcome. So if you haven't done so yet, turn to John, um, Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. As we read about a man who was living a life that was a holy life, a life devoted to God, a person who loved God yet found himself in a place of disobedience. It says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, which happens to be the opposite direction. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. It's interesting in this, the, the verb uh, for, for go down is your odd. And it's said three times there. It means to literally try to avoid, to try to avoid, to try to get away from, to go down. He, he was even getting a physical distance from God. He knew what God was telling him to do, but he was physically distancing himself from God. But surely this prophet of God, being a Jew, would have remembered Psalm 139. It had to be ringing in his ears. Listen to what Psalm 139 verses 7 through 8 says. It says, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down, the Zerad, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Isn't that wonderful news? That no matter where we go, there he is. Even when you don't want him to be. There he is. As, as a, honestly, ever had a point in your life where you're just like, Lord, can you get out my business? <laughs> Don't look at me like I got three heads. There are times, I'll guarantee you, in your life, you're just like, Lord, just let, let this part of my life, just leave me alone over here. I'll, tell, I'll do all this, but this one area over here, just let me, let me be. Man, you guys aren't sinners. Praise God. Y'all looking at me like, not me. I want God everywhere in my life. I hope that's true. That's good. But I'll tell you, there are times in my life where I, in my flesh, I wish God would just butt out. Butt out. So thankful he doesn't. So thankful he doesn't. Because, man, I'm gonna, here's a sneak peek. I'm not very smart. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a very smart man. What I think I want is so oftentimes everything I don't need. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, have every area of my life. Every area. Here, here's Jonah fighting against that. How, how do we fight against a word that the Lord has given you? Well, let's first establish this. Has there been every time the Lord has given you a word and you've kind of ignored it? Close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would refresh our memories right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal to us right now something that you told us to do and we have yet to do it. Reveal that to us right now. Amen. Open your eyes. Did you get one? You know what we will do sometimes? When the Lord gives us a, 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 a word and tells us to be obedient in it, what we do 
is we do Jeremy Taylor's workout plan. I'll get to it on Monday. I'll start Monday. I'll start tomorrow. How many times has the Lord given you a word and you're like, yes, yes, okay, I'll get to it on Monday. Sometimes when the Lord gives us a word and we're supposed to be obedient to that word and we drag our feet. You've had a conversation with your spouse and you know you were wrong. And the Holy Spirit reveals to you, I want you to humble yourself and go say that you're sorry. I'll get to it tomorrow, Lord. And, and, and how many of you guys have felt that inward battle, right? That you know that you know God told you to go do something. But I don't want to. You ever been there? Listen to what, the, what Jonah did as he was in that place himself. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm rose, that the ship threatened to break up. Listen to me. You will never find peace in disobedience. You will never find peace in disobedience. The storm of your emotions, the storm of your life, they, it's going to get louder. It's going to get, the, the, the ship's going to rock even more. Why? Because God's going to consistently, constantly pursue you. Because the thing that he's asking you to walk in obedience is for your best case. It's for your best and for the best of the lives around you. It says that Jonah then goes down into the hull of the ship as this thing's raised. And it says that he sleeps, that he goes into a deep sleep. It's fascinating. You can be in a deep sleep and still not have peace. You can be in a deep sleep to the things that God is wanting you to do, but you still don't have peace even in your deep sleep. And I think about that. I think about somebody else who was on a boat and there was a storm and he slept and he had peace and his name was Jesus. He, the, he's on this boat with his disciples and, and this great storm is coming. Yet Jesus was peacefully asleep. Why? Because Jesus submitted himself to the Father's will and was living a life that was obedient to his calling. And there was peace and sleep where Jonah, <laughs> there might have been sleep, but there was no peace. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit speaks to us at nighttime, huh? Have you ever wrestled with the Holy Spirit as you're trying to sleep? You begin to think, and the Holy Spirit brings thoughts to mind about what He's asking you to do, and, and, and there's that wrestling match. How many of you love a day where you've walked in obedience and you sleep that night so, so soundly? You know, God has called you to be His ambassador at this world. I, I almost get tired of it. It seems like every single Sunday there would be another news item I could bring up to demonstrate um, how desperately this world needs Jesus. Had friends at the concert um, this last weekend, prayerfully, or thankfully, none of them were hit. But what they saw was tragic. This world needs Jesus. So you know what this world needs too? For us to be obedient to the calling that we have. C.S. Lewis said this, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. 
no good. The opposite of love, it's not hate, it's indifference. And have we become indifferent to the incredible calling, that gift, that gift that God has for you? Let me, let me sting you just a little bit, is that okay? No, I'll get to that later. All right, number one, write this down. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry about it. It's coming. Just as God called Jonah, so he calls each of us. Sometimes the assignments are small. Sometimes they are big. But they are all significant. When God calls like Jonah, we have a decision to make. And what's that decision? The decision is this. We have two options. One, we can disobey and run from God. That's the first option. We can run from God. We can disobey and we can run from God. And when we run from God, this is what we're going to experience. We're going to, dis- we're going to experience a road of disappointment, a road of disaster, and a road of demise. Disappointment, disaster, and demise. That's what happens when I choose to live a life of disobedience. And here's the thing. When I choose to live a life of disobedience, it doesn't just impact me, it impacts the people around me. When I, leave, when I leave, live a disobedient life, it impacts those who are on my ship. Jonah was on a ship with other men who were experiencing a severe storm. Why? Because Jonah disobeyed before he ever got on the boat. <laughs> it was interesting, right? They're trying to find out who, 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 who's caused this. So they drew lots. Jonah... Drew the shortest, it was him, and, and they said, what have you done? He told them what he'd done, done and he says, but I, I, I got a solution. They said, what is that? How can we stop that storm? He goes, pick me up and throw me over. Now, another option may have been, take me back to the dock, I'm going to go obey my God. But Jonah said, no, his, his first choice was throw me overboard. Weird, right? He, he chose to go swimming rather than be obedient. And it impacted everybody on that boat. Hey, dads, when you choose not to live in obedience the way that God has called you to live, you impact generations. When we don't take our place as the pastors of our home, and we, we, we leave that for others to do. Hey, man, you're affecting people in your boat. Do you hear that? Women, when you're not living a life that God has called you to live, and your thoughts and your character and the raising of your kids, you're affecting people who are in your boat. Let us be a people who absolutely affect people living in our boat, but the effect that we have on them is peace and joy. And peace and joy only comes through obedience. You can never have peace and joy without having obedience. Write this down, if you would. The second thing we can choose to do is we can obey and run with God. We can obey and run with God. And when we do that, we find a road of purpose. And we find a road of discovered potential. And we find a road of a transformed life. 
a road of purpose, potential, and transformation. Listen, as we allow ourselves, as we train ourselves, as we force ourselves to live lives of obedience, we live lives that are being transformed. Because everything in our flesh, that disobedience, that disobedient flesh of ours, will never allow us to become transformed into the image of Christ. But when I live a life of obedience, instant obedience, quick obedience, I live a transformed life. I can tell you this. When God gives you a word, the faster you get to it, the more likely it's going to happen. When the Lord speaks a word to you and is asking you to obey, the quicker you get at it, the more likely you're going to observe it. The more I push it off, the higher the chance that I might not get around to it. And then I wonder, why, I'm, why am I not hearing from God so much anymore? Y'all ever um, go on a long road trip? One of the things that annoys me the most is not, you know, my kids having to go to the bathroom 15 minutes apart. Why? They, it's like we were just there. Just everybody go. That's not the most frustrating part. The most frustrating part is the radio. You ever get into a station? Like you really like the station, right? It's a really good station. You know, 80s music. 80s Christian music is what I meant. It's 80s Christian. And then you're driving, you're driving. And then what happens after a while? It starts what? So you can't hear it anymore, right? You begin to lose your ability to hear what you want to hear. When I'm in disobedience, when I'm driving in disobedience, what it feels like is sometimes I lose my ability to hear the voice of the Lord. I don't, I don't lose His love. I don't lose His grace. I don't lose His patience. I don't lose any of that. But what I do lose is the ability to hear clearly from the Lord. If you're in a place today and maybe it seems like you're longing for that voice of the Lord in your life, can I ask you, have you done the last thing he told you to? If it feels like it's static right now on the radio between you and him, can I ask you a question? Have you fulfilled the last thing he told you to do? And if you haven't, what you waiting for? What you waiting for? I'm so glad there's no big fish out in the parking lot right now. <laughs> but God will use something else to get our attention. Because you know what? Like we said earlier, He's a God of intimacy. He's a God of intimacy. And he doesn't want static between you and him. He does, his voice wants to be so close to your ear, but you've got to be walking in obedience. So when I'm walking in disobedience, I've got my back turned to him. God's called me to face him, trust him, walk with him. And it's a gift to get to do so, isn't it? Would you close your eyes this morning?
if, if you were able to discern something the Holy Spirit was saying to you in this message, if there was something that you know that the Holy Spirit is asking you, prompting you, has asked you, has prompted you to do, what I want you to do right now, right now, is I want you to capture that. Write it down. Write it down on your notes. Don't don't forget it. Don't don't kick it down the line. I want you to capture it. Now I want you to look at your neighbor's paper. No, I don't want you to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But what I want you to do is walk confidently into what it is that he's told you to do. This obedience, this active obedience is going to be a big blessing. It is going to bless you. Whether you understand why he's asking you to do it or not is irrelevant. Trust and obey. (laughs) Trust and obey. Holy Spirit, I just pray over my friends in here right now. Lord, if there's a small part even in their lives where they're they're resisting your will, they're resisting your voice, they're resisting the word that you've given them. I pray for breakthrough today. I pray that they would stop resisting and start resting. They'd rest in your presence, rest in your goodness, rest in your faithfulness. Trust you in what it is that you've called them and asked them to do. Holy Spirit, go with them today. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.